Are you feeling stuck or frustrated, maybe overwhelmed, <laughs> or how about all of the above? Well, this episode is for you, and it's for me. Our guest has experienced two reboots. He's a small business owner who helps entrepreneurs and professionals finish more of what matters most in growing a business. Zachary Sexton hosts a weekly productivity podcast. It's called Able Business Radio. We'll talk more about Zach's story on the other side of Maverick's intro. Hey there, you're dialed into Reboots, featuring stories about people who have been forced to start over, either through their own missteps or through no fault of their own. All walks of life, anonymous or named, high profile or low down, stories with heart, soul, and grit. Because knowing and sharing our stories is essential for living a life of joy experiencing healthy relationships, and impacting the world around us in a positive way. Now, here's your host, Tracy Winchell. Zachary Sexton comes from a long line of teachers, so it was natural that would be his first career choice. Unfortunately, the stress of it all became too much, and he quit. He made some decisions to take better care of his mind and his body, and he expected that doing so would lead him on a journey that would take him farther away from that failed teaching career. Well, he was wrong. Today, Zachary Sexton teaches and coaches those of us in the small business community looking for order in a sometimes chaotic blend of creative demands, production deadlines, financial pressures, and, well, you can keep adding to that list. The methods Zach teaches apply to all of us, though, seeking any sort of real change in our lives, whether we're business owners, professionals, or just looking for a better way to live. Zach has an ambitious objective to become the Oprah of small business productivity. I've known Zach for a few years now, and he is absolutely one of the nicest guys I've ever met. I've learned from him how to build lasting habits and how to construct repeatable systems in my life and my business. I am grateful that Zach is such a tremendous teacher. In this interview, we're going to talk to Zach about the toughest part of his two reboots, the elements necessary for building a new habit, and this thing called the Zygarnik effect that can stress us out. Thankfully, Zach has some solutions to combat the brain's tendency to keep reminding us of all the unfinished items in our lives. Hey, Zach, how you doing? I am doing so well, Tracy. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, you probably don't realize this, but with all of your work on podcasts the past few years, I've modeled a whole bunch of reboots off some of your structure. So thanks, man. Hi, you're welcome. I modeled it off of my podcaster people that I looked up to, too. So that works out well. Yeah. We're here to talk about reboots and especially from the the business point of view. So for you, talk about your business right now, and then we're going to get into some personal and professional reboots conversations. What do you do now? Right now, I teach online entrepreneurs how to organize and systematize their business. 
So uh, you're actually going through one of my mini free courses right now all about Kanban, which shows people how to get their work out of their head and into a trusted system using uh, the Kanban system, which is a Japanese system created in the 1940s and 50s that uses signal cards for representing your work. So it's it's a very visual system that allows you to get everything onto a complete dashboard. I'm also working with a group of 15 entrepreneurs right now doing that live in a, in a group coaching manner. So projects is one area, and then systems, process, automation, uh, all, all those kind of fun things that all businesses need as they scale up, but not all business owners like to or are good at creating those systems. And I, I just, I find it really fun and interesting to essentially interview people and say, well, well, what do you do next? And then what happens there? And then what happens there? And then take what they already know and put it into a system where other people can, can take action for them or they can more effectively uh, take action themselves. So you do online coaching, you do one-on-one personal coaching, and then you have products that you sell. I am in the midst of creating a product. One of my favorite tools is Trello, and I'm I'm creating a Trello for Business course right now. In fact, as soon as we get off this uh, this call, I'm doing a a webinar uh, for Trello, and that's sort of my first run at at creating that that course. But more more uh, little little short courses to come uh, in in the future, I imagine. Well, and you're a you're a teacher by by background. Um, and it it shines through. I've I've done your free courses. I've taken some of your your product courses from a previous employer, and um, you're really good. You you simplify things, and we've had some some really good coaching calls over the years. And every time I talk with you, I learn something from you. And so that's one of the first things that I would kind of like to do is what is an easy point of entry for our listeners to become familiar with your work? If you go to ZacharySexton.com, there is a, a sign-up place where I've got, oh gosh, how many is it? 17? <laughs> Some random number of my favorite tools to make things more easy and and, and effective. I can give you a link that we can put that in the show notes if you, if you want to. Um, so that's one easy, easy, easy entree. Um, another one is that actually that course that you're taking right now on Kanban is, is a free course that can uh, get people into um, learning, learning some effective techniques to organize their world. And it is excellent. It is already in progress. And I, I use Trello for managing my my reboots, production, and guest management, and things like that, and I've Ooh, got. We'll a, have to share yeah. uh, our, our our screens because yeah, there's some good. I've yeah. got some good uh, Trello cards for my uh, my podcast as well. It it helps me systematize this so that I don't miss anything, and so that uh, I I can make things happen a lot more quickly. When I've got a checklist, it works great. But from the personal Kanban and for the business Kanban, just that piece of paper or the little post-it note helps so much more. So I'd encourage anybody who feels overwhelmed um, 
to give this Kanban course a try, all you got to do is uh, visit Zach's site, and we will have that in the show notes. And sign up, man. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, and if you want, you said a light way to get introduced to some of the things that I get up to. Um, Also host a, a podcast called Able Business Radio. And I believe it's episode 21 where I interview Jim Benson, who created the personal Kanban course as well as a book, um, which is a good good envoy into that. We had a great conversation on that. And then number 23 with Tiago Forte, if you feel like you're being really disorganized with your your hard drive or your Evernote or your digital materials, that's a great interview as well. So if you're already listening to a podcast, that might be the easiest way to actually learn some of what what I like to, to teach. And thank you so much for the kind words of that. Oh, and, and, and those two episodes are pretty spectacular. The irony here is that uh, the more time I now that now that I am producing a podcast, I have less time to listen. But there are two podcasts that I work really hard to listen to. Yours is one, and Baseball Tonight with Buster Olney is the other. <laughs> <laughs> we got to keep one fun and one business. That makes sense. I try to keep it fun. I, I'm, I'm not. It's not trying to be all business all the time. But uh, I've been really enjoying yours as well. Thank you. I, that, the uh, Casey one from Fort Smith and um, I'm forgetting his name, but the other one you suggested that I listen to uh, just it. Well, both of them actually want, make me want to uh, move to Fort Smith. It sounds like Aww. a great little town you're, you're from. Yeah. That's my buddy, Chris Cheney, I think R zero zero three. Yeah. 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 It was one of your early ones for sure. Well, well, let's go to your reboot. Talk to me about kind of the progression of how you, ended up as a business coach and a productivity coach? Well, my hardest reboot, I'm probably this year, I'm in the middle of a reboot myself, I would imagine. Uh, but I had a more difficult reboot, which was I, I graduated from college and um, and I've always been somebody who's just excited about ideas and likes starting up new things and um, and I could be easily distracted I, I managed to do pretty well in school, I think, just because I, I, I gave myself a lot of structure. I, I had my planner. I would uh, – you're, you're a teacher right now, so you, you would get the syllabus at the beginning of the year. I'd deconstruct it. I'd put it in my calendar. I would uh, I would show up like it was my job at 8 o'clock on campus, and I would leave at 5 o'clock, and I, I managed to do pretty well in college. But as soon as I graduated, I started to struggle. With less structure, I found that I was constantly getting distracted by – other possibilities. I, I graduated in a in a 2008, which was not an amazing time for mm. for jobs, uh, to say the least. And um, and I, I bounced around from place to place, and and was really having trouble um, uh, finding my footing. And uh, and I I joined a teaching program uh, back in 2010. I want to say um, the 2011. That uh, that uh, that gave me a year of, of teaching experience, and then I, I joined a master's program. And during that master's program, it's about halfway through, super stressed. I'm I'm a kind of a I'm I'm not a huge guy. If you can, if if my voice sounds burly, then then you're mistaken. Um, I'm about a buck sixty right now, maybe buck sixty five if I'm lucky. I've been doing some lifts lately, uh, but my weight had gotten down to I think one thirty five. I was just stressed out of my mind. I wasn't I wasn't 
happy with where I was at. I was really concerned about all of the student debt that I was taking on for this program and um, wasn't sure if teaching in the public schools, which is what I was doing, was something I wanted to do long-term or something I could do long-term. So my hardest reboot was actually quitting that program because I had tied so much of my identity to teaching because I've been doing it for about two and a half years. And when people ask, hey, Zach, what do you do? I was, I, I was a teacher. I really, I, that, was, that was something that was a piece of my identity that, uh, that, that was, it was important to me. And when I lost that, I, I, I was not in a good place. Um, so I, I decided to take a year um, after, okay, I had a rocky career and then I found teaching and then I quit that. Um, so I took a year, I just got a blue collar job and started working out, started eating a little bit healthier, um, and, and actually started meditating. Um, one of the meditations that I did was, you know, love them or hate them, but it was a Deepak Chopra. Um, it was one that my mom sent me from Oprah. She's a big Oprah fan. And, and my goal actually is to be the Oprah of small business productivity. So that's where my roots come from. And, and, and this meditation said, um, who are you? What do you want and how can you serve using your unique skills and abilities? Um, So I was was using this this 21-day meditation series. I probably listened to it three or four times. And by the second or third time, I I started to take little notes about what was happening after and during that meditation. What What were some thoughts that crept up? And the thought that kept on coming to me was teacher. I was like, no, I just failed at teaching. How could I potentially be a teacher anymore? Um, and and that, 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 in addition to finding a book, a productivity book called Getting Things Done by David Allen, that really helped turn my life around. And I, like I mentioned before, I've always been excited about ideas. I can jump around from thing to thing. I'm, I'm better at starting and not as good at finishing. Um, and I've got a, a mind like a sieve. I can, I can forget pretty much anything. <laughs> so this, what this, what happened and, and, and I've been looking at, at, uh, at, our, at our co-host right now and she's raising her hand. And th- th- there's some people who, who, who really struggle in this area. And when I found a solution that started to work for me, which was essentially write things down, uh, I started with my calendar and then I started creating tasks. I, I actually Google docs was the first place I kept them. Uh, and then I, I quickly found Trello and, and started using that as my task manager. I was just on fire. I was like, did you guys know you can write things down? It's so cool. And you could set up like, I just gotten an iPhone. Uh, so it was like an iPhone 4. I was like, you can set up these little reminders and it'll remind you. And and then you can put things into your calendar and then set up like five reminders because you know you're not going to listen to that first one. Um, and and so I was I was excited about how I had fixed a major, major problem that I'd had. And I just wanted to tell people about it. I just wanted to share that with, with folks. And, um, I decided, you know, why not try doing this for a living? Uh, There's, there's lots of people who struggle with this and threw up a website, started writing some blog posts, started networking a little bit and started working with local small business owners to help them with their, with their organization. Um, and then, Three or four months after that, I started writing for the the company that you were talking about that you you met me from another productivity company, 
and joined them and have been with them for three years. And last year, the very end of last year, I decided that I wanted to uh, wanted to do my own thing um, and wanted to to with. I just had different ideas for the systems and, and techniques that I wanted to teach people. So I uh, I joined um, I joined the the entrepreneurial venture and and went back out on my own. Wow. In this particular reboot that you're in the midst of, for you, do you think it was a moment or a series of choices? Well, I had known for a while, I'd known all along that I, I wanted to build and grow my own business. Uh, th- that sort of freedom and autonomy seemed like something that that was always in the back of my mind. So when I when I joined the the team that I was on, I I was um I was always thinking about okay, how, you know, what uh, what skills can I take from this? What what learning experiences can I have um that I can eventually parlay into my own venture. So I've all I had always really thought about it and I I had this mastermind group that I was a part of for I think two and a half years we we met up every every month and had some talks and and one of the things that kept coming up was like oh man you know I I'm really wanting to do my own thing and um I just decided that after this one course launched it was all about email and how to be more efficient on that um that would be the time a good time to leave um so once that launched I had already told people in my life that I was going to do that so I just went up to uh, the person that I was working for and said, Hey, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try making the, the, the coaching and the online business thing work for, for me. And he was, he was supportive of it. And, and we, we parted amicably. And, um, and th- so that was the moment. I, it was, it was a series of little, little things that I was like, Oh man, you know, I would do this differently. I, I, I kind of don't agree with this, this little model of things or I, I, um, so actually going back to that that meditation, um, how can you best serve using your unique abilities? Um, one of the things that I, that I was very responsible for was creating a lot of content, lots of blog posts, lots of videos, and not as much interacting with people as, uh, as I was interested in doing. So that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to build a job where I could use my unique strengths and my unique abilities. And I, and I find it's much easier for me to generate ideas for blog posts and for videos and for helping the individuals that I'm actually working with if I can actually see them in context, look into their eyes. Um, and, you know, Even if it's over a Skype call or a, a Zoom call, it makes, it makes it so much more real to me. And, um, and doing something in a vacuum was was a little bit difficult. I think it's, I think it's great. I think there's a lot of research that you can do and, and a lot of, um, uh, ideas that could be generated by, by doing market research and by studying and by writing. But, uh, for me, I just need more interaction. So that, that was probably the, the, the main reason for needing the transition. Okay. Let's contrast that with your life reboot would you characterize that life reboot that moment of just real crisis as a moment or a series of choices or even a coincidence it was a it built up to a moment there was i i was struggling in the program 
for for the teaching program and really both of the reboots the big moment was when i just made the decision so I, i'm leaving this job i'm leaving this master's program um and and that's that immediate impact was was pretty tough i i think i actually just like hung out in my room for 24 hours because i was just like man this is not not pleasant right now. The other one I was actually more excited about. I was like, yeah, all right, now I get to do my own thing. Get some clients, get get working, get writing. Um, but yeah, that 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 other one, they both felt very heavy. I can I can look back at both of them uh and and feel the the heaviest moment, but uh, I think with most things it it's, it's, it was a series of 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 actions and choices that led up to the moment that feels like the one moment. When you were uh, a kid, were you always going to be a teacher, or do you think now, looking back, you can see some entrepreneurial roots in your background? I've got a lot of family who teaches, so that's why it actually made a lot of sense to me, because my mom, my cousins, my dad actually taught for a time. Uh, a lot of my aunts and uncles are teachers, so it, that was something that was always there, but it... I. I was always more interested in um, in actually money. I was just straight up. I liked money. I, I thought I was going to be a stockbroker, which I don't think there's as many of those these days as there as there are now. Um, but that was my big interest as a kid. I, I would always collect foreign foreign money and um, and saved up a lot and um, and was interested in business and finance and 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 history and economics and, and, and all that stuff. So I think having a variety of interest is, is, is likely a good trait for somebody who, who wants to be an entrepreneur because there are so many different hats that you need to wear. Um, I, and, and somebody who loves learning and loves experimenting and loves trying new things, even sometimes I get overwhelmed. I'm like, okay, I got to do some marketing today and then I got to do, um, I got to create this presentation and then, then I've got to refocus and, and have a great conversation for this podcast, and um, so it's great because you're always you're always forced to learn. Um, and and that's another thing about a podcast that's great is I'll have authors on. I'm like, well, got to read their books and just get reading their books. Um, so that trait probably has helped me out um, as as far as as far as the the type of business that I've I've created, which is more of a um, a knowledge based and and a, a service-based, creating unique ideas and synthesizing a lot of ideas. Creating new ideas and synthesizing ideas, that requires a lot of reading. You read a lot. How many books do you read? A week or a month? Uh, that is a good question. I One thing that at one point I always try to make when talking about consuming media and consuming information is I, I try to produce as much as I consume. I don't know who told me that, but wh whoever did, thank you. Uh, because it's very easy to get on the train of listening to, a, like, no offense, we're, we're on a podcast right now, but listening to all the podcasts and signing up for all the email list and and reading all the, the latest books. And uh, a, a bigger area that you can get trapped in is reading all the, the latest updates in, in the world and the news or um, checking your, your social media and, and what's going on with, with people in your life and in Facebook. There's 
there there is an inordinate amount of information flowing and um and it can be quite overwhelming and it, you could become quite numb to it if you don't have the right filters on um so for me is i, I do read a lot and i try to read things that are a little bit more timeless i've probably got sucked into reading some of the you know the 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 latest um latest books on productivity or business that might not be as timeless as as something that uh that that's been around for a number of years um but but that's kind of how i think about things is is try to to read and consume information that's either going to immediately help me solve a problem so for example uh, i've one social media facet that I've, it's just been a black hole for me, it has been LinkedIn. And I've heard so many different times, like, hey, you know, that can be a really good source of leads for, for you, Zach. Um, you should look into LinkedIn. And whenever I go to it, I, I feel like an old man. I'm just like, I don't know where these buttons go. Uh, and I just, I don't get it. They've done a redesign and I wasn't getting it. So a friend of mine recommended this book called LinkedIn Riches by uh, John Nemo. And, um, I was like, you know what, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to crack this, this little LinkedIn thing. Um, and, and I got his book and, um, then I got busy with other stuff. Uh, and I was like, you know what, I really should do that. And so I booked John on, on the podcast. So it forced me to read the book and <laughs> implement the strategies, which were very easy, very simple strategies on how to change your, how you how you present yourself on LinkedIn as well as how you reach out. I was like, oh, I get LinkedIn now. This is great. So I, I'd say the two pieces of advice when you asked how many books that I, I, I read is don't don't necessarily read just to read or or consume information to consume information or where how many books you've you've read that year as a as a badge of honor. Uh, I, because I know I do know a lot. Of, uh, Probably half of my friends are going to be mad at, mad at me for this because they, they all like, oh, I read 50 books this year. I read 60 books this year. And I have no idea how many books I've read. Um, but I do know that, uh, that consuming information that is going to help you immediately is, is probably the thing that I, I focus on the most. And then focusing on, on concepts and strategies that have stood the test of time. So I'm a big fan of history. Um, the, the latest book I read, uh, *Sapiens*. Oh, I, don't, I don't know the author's name, but oh my god, <laughs> it was crazy. Um, and uh, it, instead of instead of consuming things like what happened today on the news, um, which is like you're not going to, it's not going to matter or be important uh, even a year from now. And there's certainly nothing we can do about it. And there's yeah, there's not much you you have control over. So yeah, that might that might be a third criteria for for how to focus your attention is like, well, what do you have control over first, and then uh, what do you what are your immediate goals, and um and and what's something that that's not just likely a flash in the pan. You teach systems and procedures and processes. And you're really good at it. I'm fascinated by them. And I'm like you. I require them in order to do the level of work that I want to do because my memory is terrible. And so these systems, this ability for me to look at a checklist and repeat 
what I did two weeks to edit my podcast is essential for me. I have a system for making sure that I hit my SimbaCort inhaler every morning, and that is I am not allowed to brush my teeth until I hit my inhaler. That is a life-giving system for me. But there is such emotion behind these systems and our ability to actually implement them. Here you've talked about how important systems are and how much you enjoy teaching them. And yet you've also talked about how you struggle with keeping systems going in your life on occasion. Is that the value of community or one-on-one coaching to help us improve systems and to actually implement them and execute them? Well, when you're feeling stuck and and you're not seeing a clear way out, having someone, almost anyone, come in with a fresh pair of eyes can often elicit a lot of insights. So not to sell myself short, I've, I've worked with a lot of different people and I've seen a lot of different situations and, and I'm very specific at the type of systems that I, I try to help people solve. And I'm, I'm also very conscious about the amount of problems that people can solve at one time. Um, I, I think it's really easy to give advice and say, oh, you just got to do this, this, and this. Well, if this, this, and this are changing three of your fundamental habits that you do from day to day, oh, just stop eating sugar and, and wake up earlier and run. That's not likely to succeed because when you're, when you're tra- changing a behavior, there is a certain amount of willpower that is needed to be expended. And you only have so much willpower every day. Uh, and, and once it's spent, it's spent. And, and, and you know this by at the end of the day, if you're going to cheat on your diet, you know, it's it's going to be because you're tired, you haven't slept enough, and and you, you worked really hard that day, and gosh darn it, you deserve it, right? Because you just ran out of willpower or ran out of, you know, the F word, if you, if you want to put it that way. Um, so when, when, when making change, especially behavior change, it's very important to have um, some, some strict structures like you talked about when it comes to system and not try to do too much too quickly. Um, so what you talked about is you, you have a trigger for taking your inhaler, um, you, you, something that you've naturally done your whole life, I hope. Uh, let's smile. Let's see. Yeah, you've done it. Um, is brush your teeth. Um, you guys still, still have all the chompers. They look great. Um, and you then had to change behavior with taking an, in, taking an, your inhaler in the morning. Um, so what you, you chose to do is stack that on top of a behavior that you've already done. So you already had a cue for that new behavior. So ch- when you're, when you're trying to change behavior, when you're trying to, uh, to get out of whatever hole you're in, uh, whether it be with your work or your personal life or your health, uh, recognizing that if you have a cue or a trigger already in your environment, it's going to be significantly easier to remember and to do that action. The other thing is having a very strict routine about what it is that you're trying to accomplish. So all you need to do is, you know, suck that in and you're good to go and uh, some sort of reward to reinforce the behavior. So actually a, a simple one, if you want to talk about brushing your teeth again, is that tingly sensation that you feel at the end of brushing your teeth, that's, that doesn't need to be there. 
the toothpaste manufacturers put that in there as a way of giving you a little bit of a, a buzz, a little bit of a reward, like, ah, look at that minty, fresh feeling um, that will reinforce that behavior. The other thing I think to keep in mind is is knowing what what tools that you need to uh, to have at hand if you want to change that and, and just be very specific about those. So an inhaler is a simple example, but let's say you wanted to change your morning routine. Um, I've, I've worked with lots of people who wanted to have a, a better morning, morning routine, morning ritual. It's not something I focus on now, but I, since I know this behavior, I, 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 can, I can give lots of examples for it. When I would get on coaching calls with people who wanted to have a new morning routine, they would often come to, with me with 26 things. They, wa- they wanted to meditate. They wanted to stretch. They wanted to read. They wanted to pray. They wanted to uh, do a handstand which actually is a good morning routine if you've never tried it before. Um, and and it would inevitably, I would have to say, wait, anything else? And there would be four more things, and they wanted an evening ritual at the same time. So I, my, my encouragement would be like, this is a long game. You know, if, you, if you create, even wake up, drink water, take your vitamins, um, and then you stack something else onto that, and then something else onto that, that can grow. You're only using a little bit of willpower to create that, and eventually it's just habit. So, you know, a habit for me is is I do wake up and meditate, and that's something a lot of people are interested in, in getting but have a hard time keeping because they don't have any sort of cue to remind them. They don't. They aren't specific at what they want to do while they're meditating. What are you sitting on a pillow? Or are you where are you doing it? Are you using an app? Um, how long do you want? to do this? Is it a Vipassana or loving kindness? Is it a body scan? Um, and how do you, how will you know if you've done it, if you've succeeded, maybe keeping track of it somewhere while you begin that habit until it's something that's just second nature. It's just something that you do. So to get back to somehow real, real myself back to working with me, um, that's something I keep in mind when, when talking about behavior change. However, systems changes those are easy. Uh, if, if you can create a little automation or a new way of, of seeing your work or organizing your work, then you let the technology take care of the rest. That's why I love it. I mean, you've got one, a great one right here, a, a Google Doc that, that describes exactly what I can expect with the podcast. So if I hadn't taken the chance to listen to the podcast a couple times, um, I would know what was coming. And you've got this, and it's a system that you can send out to people that every time they're going to know exactly what to expect. So you've got guests that are, are prepared to, to have a good conversation with you and to talk about some of the successes and failures and, and, and words of encouragement and all the other things that you would like to get out of a podcast. And you don't need to redo this every single time. So writing that once, taking 25, 30 minutes to write that out, and then if you think of a new idea, adding it to that, that process that you've got there, that doesn't take any willpower. And a lot of the folks that I work with know they need to be creating these. They're, they've got a team and they're not delegating very well. They're doing everything via email or maybe they read uh, E-Myth Revisited and they know they, they want to create systems in their business. Otherwise, they've just created a job for themselves that they can never sell. Um, and they're just, they haven't done it for a year. So they, they reach out to someone like me who, yeah, I've got some templates and I've got some ways that um, can make the process easier, but I'm I'm also there as as a sounding board and a, an accountability partner to make sure that job gets done. Accountability is a a big 
deal. I kind of take umbrage at the holding one another accountable because really the person who is being accountable, you know, this is from the 12 week year is, um, is the person actually doing it. The, the other person in your team is merely there to be there and say, and ask, did you do this today? If you haven't heard from that person. Mm -hmm. That's essential. I, I'm not one of those like, Hey, rah, rah, gotta get this done. And I, and some people could use that, and and I I know some coaches who do that, so I send it to the people who need some butt kicking, um, because I I'm not I'm just that's not my personality. What I will do is I will follow up. I've got little systems that remind me. I say you're going to do this by this date, right? Cool. I'll I'll remind you, and then I go and at the end of the coaching call, I send an. Uh, I, I write the email and automate it to go out on that day. And, uh, I also set a little reminder if I want to text them and I'll, I'll text them that day, say, Hey, how's it going with that? And, um, and those little nudges are extra triggers, extra cues that they didn't set up for themselves. But if, if we're working together, I'm going to help them, um, scaffold that uh, a little bit more. And, and then if we get on a call together and the, and the work that was planned wasn't done or the, the preparation that was expected wasn't wasn't there, um, I will listen to their excuses, but I would just sit there and try to remind them, hey, this is what we're trying to go for, right? And this is what you want, right? And these are these are the results you're looking for. And this seems to be the path that we're going on. Is there another thing that we need to do to change the strategy? Or do you feel like the strategy is good? And, and, and just really like bring that, that to the forefront again and remind them why they're putting in this little extra effort now to reap the re- the rewards long term. It's asking them to know their story and to live their story the way they said they wanted to live their story and to make sure those two things are aligned. And if they're not aligned, it doesn't matter which one they change. It's change one of them because you're not going to be happy saying you want X when your behaviors don't indicate that you want X. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It reminded me of that um, that quote that I sent you. That was um, a, a story as a uh, a person who wants something that has to overcome obstacles to get it. So, it, you know, if it was easy, everyone would have it. <laughs> you need to overcome these obstacles. And the point isn't actually getting there. The point is the, the person you become when you're there. Um, so, yeah, if, if tying story into it, it's huge. It's an, an area that you know a lot more than I do about, but, but very fascinating. Tell me how journaling is part of your system and how it helps you know your story, measure your story, and really assist you in the midst of this long-term career reboot. That is, uh, I was going to get my little journaling article up. Um, yeah, it, it, journaling is is an interesting thing. Um, I always thought it was for little girls <laughs> for the longest time. You need to talk about your emotions and maybe the boys that you like and um, all those kinds of good things. Um, but what I found is there's there's another strategy to to journaling. And I've got this, uh, if you go to ZacharySexton.com forward slash productive dash journal, I wrote a big article. It's actually one of the more pop, most popular articles on my on my blog about how I 
I do this productive journaling. And what it is, it's essentially a way for me to uh, have a meta trigger for different habits that I want to create. So it took a while before I created the journaling habit, but then once I started getting in the habit of, of waking up every day and, and writing, um, writing that, I was able to then remind myself about things that I wanted to be reminded about. So I could, uh, I could ask myself, how is, this is my fiance, Nikita, amazing? And that prompts me to think every day about how friggin' lucky I am to be dating and engaged to and soon to be married to this woman. Uh, what did I learn and read? Everybody learns something and reads something every day, and, and especially if you're consuming as much information and hopefully producing some, but consuming a lot of information. Um, keeping track of those and writing those down and rewriting them in your own word, even with somebody with a memory like a sieve that helps you process that information. Uh, what are some two-second improvements that I've made that day? So I'm always looking for little, little tiny things that I can do to um, improve either my work or my personal life. So capturing those is a cool way of uh, of reminding myself what I've actually accomplished. And then at the end of this, I've got a few more questions. You can see it in the article. I ask, what was I focused on in the morning, day, and night? And what this does for me, uh, my other productivity buddy, Mike Vardy, likes to say it's his captain's log, uh, where I just run through the day and just mentally, okay, in the morning, I woke up, meditated, walked Gus, wrote wrote article, got on coaching call, did podcast. it's, It's very boring, very, very boring. But what it allows me to do is when I'm running through my days, if there's something that I'm like, oh yeah, I had that call with Tracy and I said I would follow up with her with that one thing. I get to, it's a chance to catch the things that I might've missed in the, in the busyness of the day. And it's, it's also a way for me at the end of the week to reflect on what was accomplished and, and what wasn't accomplished based off what I was looking to do. So that is productive journaling. And, um, and it's, it's, Super helpful. If people haven't tried journaling before, having just a very lightweight series of questions I found was a nice structure for, for me to get going. Because with with a blank page, I was just like, I don't I don't have any feelings right now. It's it's five thirty in the morning. No feelings are there yet. But if I can ask myself what's the most important task for the day or how is Nikita amazing, I can I can think of that. Or what was I focused on? It's like, okay, I've done these three things so far. Um, so that's that's how I, I do it. And I use Evernote, but I actually think there's a lot to be said for analog journals. I agree. And I do a little bit of all of that. And keeping logs really helps me erase the self-doubt, thinking I didn't get anything done today. Okay, so I didn't I didn't check off a lot of things off of my checklist, but... Some other things came up that were important. Uh, a friend whose wife is sick. That's important. And that's one of the things that I admire about you is you have a way of making sure you do that Southwestern Bell commercial thing. Reach out and touch the people who are important to you. And you do that in a systematic way, like Nikita, uh, making sure she knows how important she is to you. You've got a little hack that you wrote about a, uh, years ago um, on your Saturday phone call 
dog walk conversations. Tell me how that works. Yeah. My walkie talkies. Uh, yeah, that, so that's, I, I really like that one. Um, I moved to Austin, Texas a couple years ago. So that's probably when I wrote the article. Um, I, I grew up in Wyoming and then I moved to Colorado and I wanted to keep in touch with my friends from, from back home. And it was easier to go see my Wyoming friends when I was in Colorado. It was only a few hours away, but now that I'm 20 plus hours by driving and, and a few hours by plane, it, um, it would be easy to lose touch. And there was, there's a handful of friends and, and obviously my family that I, I didn't want to lose touch with. Um, but it's, it's just easy to get busy. Um, and, and all of these little things, so my journaling and, and setting up habits and writing things down into Trello. And, um, I, I just think of them all as my bumper guards. It's just like, I'm going to get off track and then boom, okay, I can go back. Oh, boom. Uh, all right. Now I'm back on track. And that was just another bumper guard that I had created for myself. And it was a checklist of, I think it was like 20 or so friends that I wanted to call on a regular basis just to see how they're doing. Um, so what I do is on Saturday mornings, I, I, Gus and I would go for a walk. And um, if I, I would call the people on the list and if I connected with them in Evernote, there's check boxes, I would check the box. And as soon as I had all the boxes checked, I would then just reverse that and uncheck all of the boxes uh, and, and just make sure that I, you know, talk, touched base with everyone on the list. And, um, you know, a lot of times it would, people were having babies <laughs> that I didn't know about because I wasn't on Facebook at the time. And, uh, or, 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 you know, people, there was, it was big important moments that I got to talk with people about. And, um, and then they got to keep up abreast with me. And whenever I go back and visit, it's like it's like I haven't left because we know what's going on in each other's world. Um, so yeah, that's that's one system that uh, that's it's been very helpful for me. We've talked a lot about systems and habits and things that people can do, and you've been very clear about saying that one does not need to. In fact, one should not do a ton of things at once. But we have entrepreneurs, we have people who are in the midst of life reboots or are trying to improve their lives. Is there one thing that someone can begin doing today to change a habit? You can Changing a habit is very simple. You just need to know the parts. Um, and the parts are the trigger, the routine, and, and some sort of reward. Um, if you want... If you've got a one one technique is if you have a bad habit, uh, it's often easier to replace it than to try to stop doing it. So if you're if you've got a bad habit of, uh, let's say you drink soda in the afternoon for uh, for a, a pick me up, it would be easier for you to start drinking some Lacroix or walking around the office trying to find some little healthier switch up than uh, than going to to your your soda. Um, or, or some other unhealthy vice. So knowing the parts and, um, and, and baby steps, just, just baby steps. That, there's a few times maybe you're super inspired um, or, or just know something has to change. So to, to go to the soda example, you get diagnosed with, uh, with the sugars. <laughs> What's that called? The diabetes. Um, 
you've got to make some major changes. And if you don't, you're going to start losing body parts or you're going to die. Uh, so big emotional changes in your life can spark major behavior change. But for the most part, if you don't have a really strong why behind it and a lot of pain behind making that behavior change, when when you try to make a major change, it's it's very easy to just revert back to what you were doing before. So I'd say baby steps and then just stack on top of those. So if you're if you're wanting if you're not happy with where you are at in your um in your career right now, you're at a job you don't like, I don't know, read LinkedIn Riches and <laughs> and change your profile and start looking for um uh, uh some new jobs. Um and, and maybe give yourself a a routine of um, every morning for 10 minutes going onto LinkedIn or going searching for different opportunities for, uh, for, for, for changing that up. Or if you want to write, give yourself a, a, a five minute a day writing habit. You set a timer for five minutes and uh, whatever comes, comes. If you want to go a little longer, fine, but just set, set that bar low so you can have some wins and then, and then the behavior becomes more automatic. And it's hard to know exactly when that behavior that point happens or or it's hard to it's easy to know when it happens but it's it's harder to know it's harder to predict when it will happen there there's been a lot of studies on this and and 66 and a half days is one that uh that comes up quite a bit but it depends on uh on on how big the behavior change is and how difficult it is for you so for some people starting an exercise habit might be easy because for me i I get a natural reward from the dopamine. Other people just don't like working out and and that would take longer for them to make that behavior change automatic. When you you know it'll happen, when you know you've you've automated somewhat that behavior change, if you if when on a day you happen to miss it, it feels weird. That's when you know you've gotten it. And that's that's a time where you can start to think about adding another habit or adding another uh, ritual or routine or behavior to your your dossier, and then that those those slow things they compound over time. It's just just like you know, five minutes of writing, three hundred sixty five days. You you got a chapter of a book for sure at some point, um, or you got five or six blog posts that you wouldn't have had had you tried to do a blog post every single day, um, or write a book in in you know, in, in that six month period. Um, so that would be my suggestion is, is baby steps unless you got some, some real fire under your, under your booty. Hmm. So what advice or encouragement do you have for someone who has a great idea for a business, but either they don't know where to start or they are afraid of failure? Get it all out of your head first. You and I like post-it notes. So you can write, <laughs> write them all down there. Uh, do do a bit of a brain dump of what that idea is, and just start talking to people about it, and um, and asking for advice and seeing seeing where that takes you. I think one of the things that um, has has really helped me is is bouncing ideas off of people and and seeing seeing how they react. Um, so, for example. Uh, I'm, I'm unfortunately probably changed the name of my podcast. It's currently called Able Business Radio, and I did. I, I wanted to get the podcast started at the beginning of the year, so just the first good name that came was like, oh, okay, this is good enough. You know, Able B 
being more able in business and life. That sounds great. Uh, but it really wasn't clicking with people. And I wish I'd taken a little bit of the time to, to look and say, what do you think? How does this feel? How does this look? How does, uh, how, how, what does this, this look like for you? So for example, the, the coaching program that I'm currently doing with 15 entrepreneurs is called Clean Slate. And whenever I say that, people are like, oh, I want a clean slate. Um, because the people that I hang out with, you and I included, we're overcommitted. We, we've we've got too much on our plate, and, uh, and what Clean Slate offers is a way to first get all that out, and then, um, and then commit to less but finish more, using um, y- using the system of of visualizing your work via Kanban. Um, so Clean Slate is like, oh, that's a great name, and the the new name of the podcast that. I won't necessarily say yet because it hasn't been committed, but uh, whenever I say it, people are like, oh, yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, so, so do that and, and, um, and, and potentially commit to a little bit of a schedule of, uh, of, uh, of, of, of working on it. So like 30 minutes on a Saturday, an hour on a Saturday, and, and see where that takes you. And, and if, if that's really something that you're inspired to do, that that 30 minutes will likely turn into two or three hours. And um, and when you're when you're in those states where you don't notice time changing, the time moving, that's when you're likely in 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 your zone of genius. You, you're doing something that you were meant to do. You're using your unique abilities, your new, unique skills to bring some sort of value to the world. And when you find that, just keep doing that. That and that's. That would be the the advice there. Start small, get get feedback, but once you find something that you you you're world class at, which you've got something, everyone's got something. It may not seem like it, um, and for a long time I was uh, pretty worried about that. I was I was somehow broken or deficit um, because my my inability to follow through and my my terrible memory. But hey, finding bumper guards for my life turned out to be something that I became pretty good at and I enjoy it. I enjoy it to no end. I, I, you, you're on my email list. So you just got an email about me sending, uh, sending you a, an Evernote hack for um, emailing your, your receipts right to a specific folder so when it comes to tax time, you don't have to worry about all of your expenses. I, I, I love that and I love sharing that with people. I, those, those little two-second improvements that add up over time and, um, and, and the more you can move towards that, the better. Um, if, if you currently use some sort of, uh, of, of task manager or, or way of writing down what you do every, every week, look back at that and, and see, or maybe you're doing a journal and see what are those things that were in that zone of genius and what were the things that you were just competent at that, or maybe you're, you're pretty good at, or the things that, you actually were terrible at and wasted a bunch of time. Like right now, I'm looking at my uh, printer. My fiance just bought a printer last week. And I have not hooked it up because I know that will be frustrating for me. And she's already done it with her computer, so I'm going to let her do it. It's in my zone of incompetence. She's she's a genius at it. I'm not going to waste my time, even though, hey, you know, I kind of would want my, my computer hooked up to the printer. I'm not going to do it because I know it's not the best use of, of my time. Um, as far as being scared or being fearful, just, I don't know, two second rule, just do it, jump. You know, if you're scared of talking with someone, just walk up to them. <laughs> if you're, if you're scared about sharing an idea, just do it. Uh, I, I, 
that's something I, I can't necessarily help with. I've always been a little bit of an adrenaline junkie. So I'm, if there's a, a rope swing or a cliff into some water, I'm, I'm jumping off of it. So <laughs> the fear problem isn't, isn't necessarily the one I'm, I'm qualified to, to give advice on. Well, you're indicating that you're probably going to change the name of your podcast at some point. I'm sitting here grinning at you thinking, well, if you hadn't gotten started, then would you have come up with the name that perhaps you're about to release? Was it the getting started and getting, I've forgotten how many episodes you're you're in, but you're well into it. Maybe it took that getting started for you to say, this is the name I want. It could have been. It could have been. And and had I not started, had I waited for that perfect name, there would have been some amazing interviews that I would have worked out, would have missed out on, and some amazing connections that I wouldn't have that I have now, and um, you know, hundreds of of listeners that that I I get to connect with every week. So I, it's 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 kind of a it's a huge honor, and I'm sure you feel it too when people listen and get some value out of. Uh, out of something you created. So I, I have no regrets about starting the podcast before it had a perfect name. And now I get to learn something new, how to rebrand a podcast. So yay. Tell me about Clean Slate. I'm really excited about getting some things off of my plate uh, this fall. And the next time you offer it, I'm really excited about joining you. So Tell me about when that happens next time. Perfect. Well, I would be very excited to have you. Uh, I believe, I haven't finalized anything yet, but I believe it's going to be at the beginning of the year. January seems like a time people want some clean slates. Um, so that is a time that I, I will likely be offering it. Right now, the structure of the course is, it's a month long. And it's, it's, um, it's kind of hot and heavy. And I'm doing the push just so people can get the systems, then they then they can work on creating the habits. So the system is is having a dashboard of all of your of your work in one location. Um, I'm actually a big fan of the Post-it Note solution, um, but the the tool we're using for uh, and the tool we're using for for the program is Trello. And the reason I, I chose Trello is it's free. It's awesome. It's easy to learn and use, and if you work on a, a remote team, a distributed team, it makes it easier to to share that information with people. And that's a lot of the people that, that join the course do work on these remote teams. Um, it's something I have a lot of experience in. It's something that I'm growing myself. I've got a, a virtual assistant in the Philippines, and and if she's not she's not looking at my sticky notes. <laughs> so. That's that's the goal is to create this dashboard. And in order to do that, you first the first lesson that we just went through was externalize. So you gotta get that work out. And um in episode, I believe it's 17, um, but I can get that link to you, is uh is a technique called a mind sweep. And that's that's a tool that I use to help people get all of their thoughts, their would, could, should, ought to's, projects, next actions out of their head and essentially have some grist for the mill for you to start processing it. And and what people find is that, man, I am on the hook for a lot more projects than I thought I was. No wonder I'm so freaking stressed. Um, uh, two people in the course al- alone, it happened to be the same number, had 40 projects 
open projects that they were trying to work and manage on. And, and they were working seven days a week, um, 16 hours a day, really stressed. And the tipping point for one of the, the members was he started yelling at his brother. Where he, and he loves his brother and he wants to have a good relationship with him. But one of the projects that he chose to take on was was something that, well, definitely wasn't in his zone of genius and wasn't something he was capable of handling um, considering all the other obligations. So what we did is, we, okay, let's get them all out and um, and then we can create a structure to start to organize them. So what I did for him was uh, said, okay, get all these things out and let, let's let's put them in a matrix. Uh, a four by four matrix. You've probably heard of the the Stephen Covey or the Eisenhower box, where you've got uh, things that are uh, important versus urgent. Um, well, you can you can have an unlimited amount of x and y coordinates for that. So I said, okay, what is something that is um, high impact and low effort? So impact versus effort. And so everything that in the upper left hand corner that is high impact and low effort. Those are some things that you should probably prioritize because if they're low effort, you're likely they're they're likely something that you're good at, that you're naturally talented at, and you're expecting a high return. So might as well work on those things first and not worry about the high effort, low return projects that you have going on, or learn or figure out how you can delegate those. You've got a team who on your team could handle those, or figure out how you could defer them. Do those projects need to be going on right now? Could they wait for another quarter? Or figure out how you could just be okay with them not happening. <laughs> just completely delete them from your list. So that that's the process. You externalize, and then you organize your information based off of different lenses, like the the impact versus the effort. Um, and then you, you start to visualize what your work looks like. So what is done? If it's a task, just say, to buy dog food like that's not a big deal uh but if it's a project especially if you're working on a team a lot of times you'll want a little bit more information so people know where it's going especially one that's going to be over a month long or, or, or take a, a number of hours worth of effort and in order to do that i i stole this idea from the agile methodology called uh stories actually you would probably like that story so you get the who what when why and where um so as a insert stakeholder, as a business owner, as a customer, you can do it from their perspective. I want this, some value to the business, some benefit, so that result, revenue, whatever it is. So start there and, and just say, okay, I, this, is the, this, is, this, is, this is the basis of it. And if you can't clearly articulate that, it might not be something you want to be working on in the first place. But when you can articulate it, you can then go with your team or, or just if you're uh, solo or, or an employee, think to yourself, Does this, is this something that, that makes sense to do now? And then at that point, you can start thinking of, um, of more of the what, the next actions. Um, and, and if there is some sort of deadline, get the win in there, um, if there's some sort of due date along with that. So that's externalize, organize, visualize, and then something that, I'm a huge fan of doing. You haven't gotten to this lesson yet. You're you're three lessons away. Is my favorite one. Lesson eight on this on this course is uh, is optimize. So with Kanban, you you take cards and you've got you you pull those cards from your options. So that's all the work that you potentially have. So that's that externalized work that you've you've uh, organized and, and visualized. So you've got those options there. And you've got your future options. And you've got your someday maybe. You've got your I'm not going to do this anytime soon. Uh, 
and you pull it into your doing and you work on that. And the goal is to reduce the amount of work that you're doing, but increase the amount of work that you're finishing. So if that requires breaking the task down into smaller bits, um, taking on less projects than you currently have, um, the, the goal would be to finish, do less, but finish more. So you pull that, that from doing to done. And when the card is in done, at the end of the week or uh, every other week, end of the day, whenever you want to do it, you can start to look at that work and ask it some questions like, huh, was this high stress and high effort? Did this happen late? Did I plan this work? Is there something that could be improved on this work? Um, maybe I need another matrix. <laughs> like, was this risky or was this high, high effort or low effort? Um, and, you know, was this in my zone of genius? Was this a $10 an hour task that I, I probably should have gotten somebody else to do? Or is this a $1,000 an hour task that is going to make compounding differences in my business? So that's the optimized pieces. Every, every week, uh, I think is, is the best cadence. You've got an opportunity to figure out how you can make Again, going back to changing behavior, just the baby, baby changes, small little steps uh, that, that will add up to big results over time. So not only do you have more control over your work, and not only are you less overwhelmed because you're committed to less, and uh, one thing we were talking about before the call was the Zygarnik effect about how your brain keeps reminding you about tasks that you haven't completed over and over and over again. So if you've ever been distracted while working by thinking about, oh, shoot, I've got this thing to do, and then I've got this thing to do, and I've got this thing to do, and find a hard time, uh, find it hard to focus on what you're currently working on, um, that's the Zygarnik effect. And likely it's happening because your brain doesn't feel like you've got control over your work. So it's trying to in some way help you. <laughs> but in reality, it just ends up distracting you. Um, uh, so getting that that work from doing to done without worrying about all the all the rest. And if you do have that Zygarnik thought like, oh shoot, I, I really, I'm, I'm so bad with examples. I, I always use dog food. I, I need to buy dog food. You write that down and you put it in your options column because you're not buying dog food right now. You're writing the the proposal right now. So that's that's what Clean Slate is, and uh, in, in January is likely going to be the time. I'll probably start um, letting people know about it in, in November. This last one sold out, and I imagine the same thing will happen for for this coming one. So if people sign up uh, over at ZacharySexton.com, get like, Get get on the free course. Get get the the free little ebook that I I, I give with uh, with tools and tips on it, um, and then I'll let you know. And and, and as far as uh, the email list goes, I, I try to um, I try to always send very good, very helpful, productive things. Not too often. And you do. And I know we're on the outside window. Heck, we're almost blown through your window. And I apologize for that. Oh, we're fine. How about a tip? Or a tool, or a thing. We've talked about so many. <laughs> nice. Um, well, well, and what's funny is I stole this from you. This is one of the podcast things I stole from you. So, oh well, the okay, yeah. the tool I can answer. Uh, I can yeah. answer, uh, and even the book. Uh, yeah, I do ask all my guests if there's a tool or a book that they can. Uh, they can they can get into um, the tools Trello. I it's it's if you don't have any sort of way that you're managing, you're not on Todoist, you're not on Asana, you're not on some um, some sort of way of structuring your your world, your actions. I think it's a very good 
tool for doing that. It's great for teams It's and it works well for individuals. So that would be my tool. As far as a book or resource, I would I would suggest getting things done. It's 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 a classic. It's um it's if you've never read or heard of that book before, it's it's a little hard to get through. You might want to get the audio book and go on 1.5 speed. But the basic idea is your your brain is for having ideas, not for holding them. Uh, and it's the core concept that I I try to teach and preach all the time is that get it out, get into get into the system, organize it so you know where to find it when you need it. And and that's um. There are so many wonderful tools and, and wonderful strategies for that to happen that I don't figure my job's going to end anytime soon. Zach, I am grateful that you had that reboot all those years ago and that you're in the midst of a professional reboot and doing what you're doing. And thank you so much for your time. Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y-S-E-X-T-O-N dot com. We'll have links to all of this stuff and more in the show notes. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much. It was an honor. One thing. What is the one thing from our conversation with Zach you'd like to implement? In our show notes, we've got links to lots of the resources Zach talked about. But seriously, pick just one. One, is it implementing a simple Kanban board? Zach's free Kanban email course is very much helping me develop a system to combat the stress created by a myriad of incomplete ta- tasks and projects on my plate right now. Or maybe you would like to build one new habit that could transform your business or your life in a few months. Okay, so check out Zach's post about what successful people do before breakfast. Or maybe it's time you read David Allen's Getting Things Done. Whatever it is, choose your one thing. Block off some time on your calendar and get started. The Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. once said, Faith is taking the first step even when you can't see the whole staircase. If we can help you take a first step towards your next reboot, would you let us know? If you have taken that step, let us know that too. Tracy, T-R-A-C-Y, at rebootspodcast.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from hearing Zach's story or learning about his expertise, share that too, will you? Share the episode. And finally, please consider supporting us on our Patreon site. That is patreon.com Wenchel Story Works. I'm Tracy Wenchel, and we'll see you next time. We'd love to hear your reboot story privately on our StoryWorks blog or as a guest on an upcoming podcast. And we appreciate your feedback, either in the iTunes store or by way of email. Drop us a line, reboots at winchellstoryworks.com or on our website, winchellstoryworks.com.